Welcome to another informative episode of the No Harm Health and Safety Podcast. Hi, I'm Linda Miller. I'm an occupational therapist and certified ergonomist. Well, there's been lots of talk about the sitting disease and a lot of the latest information and research is that we have very sedentary lifestyles. So there's been an introduction of sit-to-stand workstations and their hope is that we're going to get more movement, but that's a little bit of a fallacy. No Harm is the podcast for health and safety professionals like you. We're here to help you sharpen your professional skills and better understand emerging issues. Well, and what's really interesting is ideally we should be sitting for no longer than about 20 to 30 minutes, then change to standing posture and stand no more than 8 to 10 minutes at a time, and then even see if we can build in some micro breaks like a walk or even some simple stretching. Sounds like a great topic. Let's get started. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the No Harm Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Marvin Polis. Now, for this episode, I have with me Linda Miller. Linda, what do you do? I'm an occupational therapist and certified ergonomist. Splendid. Now, we're working on a project together, and in fact, it it has to do with this topic. We wanted to do uh, an episode about uh, sitting and standing. What do you have to say about this? Well, there's been lots of talk about the sitting disease, and a lot of the latest information and research is that we have very sedentary lifestyles. So there's been an introduction of sit-to-stand workstations and their hope is that we're going to get more movement, but that's a little bit of a fallacy. Well, let's back up a little bit. What is this sitting disease? A lot of the evidence out there says that we spend the majority of our time in a seated position or in even a lying position, but the majority of our work is very sedentary. So with that sedentary lifestyle, we're not getting a lot of physical activity and people are putting on weight, and it is actually affecting our overall health. Okay, so I guess this is an issue that not only affects office workers, but it affects uh, people who, who perhaps drive trucks and that sort of thing. Absolutely, it can affect anybody that's actually spending the majority of their time in a seated position. Okay, now you've piqued my interest. Uh, we've all heard a lot about uh, standing desks, but you're saying that's not the entire solution. No, because we're really just transferring the sedentary behavior from one posture to another. So the whole idea of being able to change posture is really good, but it's not increasing physical activity. Okay, so what do you suggest that we do to increase uh, physical activity? Because I I have a standing desk in in my office, and and I do use it, but... uh, not enough? Well, and what's really interesting is ideally we should be sitting for no longer than about 20 to 30 minutes, then change to standing posture and stand no more than 8 to 10 minutes at a time, and then even see if we can build in some micro breaks like a walk or even some simple stretching. But that's not a long period of time to spend standing. Okay, so what do you recommend then as a quote-unquote micro break? Typical micro breaks, one of the ones that I always recommend people to do is make sure you're taking your lunch away from your desk. So if you have a lunch break, go for a walk. Go for a 20-minute walk. That's something that's not necessarily a micro break, but it's an actual physical break from the activity. If you have to interject it because you're seated at your workstation, stand up, go and talk to a colleague rather than send an email. Something as simple as that can be a micro break. I see. Now, you and I are working on a project together today, and we're out here at a construction site, and we can see around us that there are, are many truck drivers. These truck drivers spend a lot of their day 
seated in the truck, of course, behind the wheel. So what do you recommend for, for folks like this? Well, that's a great question because you're not going to put them into standing work. So I always ensure that they are, first of all, setting up their seat correctly. And then when they get out of the vehicle, they actually take some time to warm up the body. So that might be walking around the truck. It might be doing some very simple stretching, but not to jump into physically heavy activity right away because the body is actually at risk at that point. So for most truck drivers, what I suggest is that they have to have a physical activity lifestyle outside of their work. Okay, now back to the topic of office environments. Of course, a lot of people do work in offices. Something that I think is kind of cool is this this whole idea of walking meetings. Do you want to talk about that? Yeah, and it's a great idea because it gives you a chance to get away from the office. And typically, the nice thing about it is you can still have a very meaningful conversation. It doesn't mean you're going to necessarily take notes, but it still gives you the ability to get moving and you still can actually work on a project at the same time. Now, what are you hearing from employers in that regard? Is this something that that's really uh, has a lot of acceptance? Actually, some of the major employers are employing a lot of these techniques right now. They really feel that it's critical to get people physically active and get them moving. So they even have little programs that incentivize people to get out and get moving. So it's, it's kind of neat. There's a lot of pickup to the whole wellness side of, of work now. You know, there are people who, who wear things on their wrists, like I have an Apple Watch and it keeps track of my steps. Is this something that you recommend? I think for the people that need those reminders, it's great. But some of the recent evidence really says it doesn't change behavior. So I think if you're going to pick up a device such as uh, Apple Watch or Fitbit, just make sure you understand that you want to be tracking what you're doing. And then you have some reminders on it that you, to get you up, to get you moving. So it's actually prompting you. Right. Now, is this about kind of a cardiovascular workout is there, or is it more like just getting the muscles moving and getting the blood moving? It's actually a combination of both. It's actually trying to get the muscles moving, the joints moving, and you're also getting somewhat of a cardiovascular workout. And it can be a brisk walk. That's what we're going after. It doesn't mean you have to go run a marathon. So if I'm doing a walking meeting, for instance, the objective is not necessarily to walk so fast that I'm, that I'm breaking a sweat. No, it's not going to replace additional activity, but it's getting the body moving. That's what's so critical. Now, what are you hearing from people who are actually adopting these practices? Well, what's really interesting is once that actually are adopting it, they have a lot of frustration when they can't actually take those breaks in, in terms of their workday. So if you've gotten into that habit of taking a, a lunch meeting and going for a walk or actually a walking meeting, they now get accustomed to that. They like that activity break and they're getting just as much productivity out of them. Now, Linda, you've been in this field for almost 30 years. Tell me about the progress that you see in, in people adopting these things. I think when it's actually adopted by the employer and the employee, it has way more success. So if it's just an employee-based program, it's very difficult if you don't have the support to take the walking meetings or make sure that you're able to go out and have your lunch away from your desk. The other thing that's really neat is some of our bigger employers right now are actually going into buildings that are considered active sites so they have more stairs for people to walk. They actually have accessibility to transit. So it's a whole lifestyle. It's not just getting in a walk over the course of the day. And you work as a consultant, so you have the opportunity to see the inside of, of many companies. So what are some of the, I guess, techniques that health and safety people are using 
to get people interested in these sorts of things? So first of all, they're giving them the equipment that they can adjust. So many of the new retrofits or new um, buildings are actually having sit-to-stand workstations. And then they educate people on how to use them, when to use them, so that people get the most benefit. And then I think you're seeing a general culture shift where people are talking about it more and more. And as an employer, what's the benefit? The benefit is we're going to have healthier workers. And when people are healthier and they're not in pain, they're not in discomfort, they're going to be more productive and they're going to actually enjoy their work environment. Excellent. Thanks for sharing these thoughts with us today, Linda. Where can our listeners learn more about you? Well, our company is in Edmonton and Calgary. We also have a very active website where we have webinars. We also have lots of free materials on these topics. And this is one of many on how you actually can improve the workplace. So contact us at EWI Works. Thanks for tuning in to the No Harm Health and Safety Podcast. Be sure to join us next time by subscribing to us for free on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, or wherever you get your podcasts. While you're there, please leave a rating or review. It helps others find us. And hey, be sure to tell your friends and colleagues who can benefit from our podcast. The No Harm Health and Safety Podcast is a production of Stimulant Strategies and Stimulant Media Productions. You can learn more about us at stimulant.ca. All the best, everyone, and stay safe.